There are several definitions of a den. A wild animal's hidden home, a lair, a room or hideout where a person can go to relax or be private, a place where people meet in secret, typically to engage in an illicit activity. Now there's a new definition, a place where DIB members, entrepreneurs and decision makers unite during the coronavirus challenge. To help our business community through this challenge, DIB is creating the Downtown Den, where our business heroes, those who run and influence our cities and some of our fantastic members will be visiting to share their thoughts and opinions with us through webinars, podcasts and blogs. Visit the Downtown Den, join us through our website, all the W's, downtowninbusiness.com. Stay in, stay safe, visit the Downtown Den. Okay, I'm delighted to be joined now in the Downtown Den by Alison McGovern, who is uh, the MP for Wirral South and also, uh, more importantly perhaps today, the, uh, a member of the Treasury Select Committee in the House of Commons. Ali, welcome. Hi, Frank. Welcome to our den. Um, it's uh, a whole new world, this, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it just? Um, how are you finding home working, by the way? Um, it's okay for me. Um, most of Parliament's functions you can actually do from home. You can table questions. You can obviously write to ministers. I mean, it's a bit weird not doing things in person, but, you know, we are where we are. I think politicians can do homeworking. The people I worry about are, you know, people who are doing jobs like in obviously in care homes mm. and on building sites and jobs where they actually don't have a lot of choice here. Yeah. That's I think yeah. we've got a lot of people in our city region who don't have a lot of choice. And I think we're all a bit worried about that today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um and of course last week we were very, very worried about our businesses generally but the hospitality sector in particular because as you'll know Ali we've got a lot of members in that sector we were yeah. having calls on a daily basis people in tears worried about you know their own establishments but more importantly yeah. the staff and then the chancellor came out with a fairly significant announcement on Friday what did you make of that well on the one hand it was startling you know it was shocking in in some ways but in another way I wasn't actually surprised because of what had preceded the announcement in in the days before and you mentioned Treasury Select Committee now Merseyside is well represented on Treasury Select Committee because there's both myself and Angela Eagle Wallace EMP on Treasury Select Committee and we'd interviewed the Chancellor um, on the Tuesday and uh, you know, had basically put to him in quite forthright terms what we thought would happen if they didn't do more than the loan package that had been previously announced. Because obviously most businesses will understand that when you take on a loan, that's normally because of investment. Yeah. So it's to bridge between the current situation and a future situation where you'd have increased profitability that would make the loan worthwhile. This is not an appropriate situation yeah. for, for just that kind of facility. And Andrew and I you know, made that point quite emphatically to the Chancellor, helped by uh, Liverpool business Lunya. Um, Peter Kinsella, the restaurateur. Yeah, what, a great, what a great letter that was, yeah. 
just had written this most amazing, clear, emotional book, absolutely spot on in terms of the economics of it. Um, he'd written that in a letter to the Prime Minister, and I just happened to have seen that um, just before I went into the session with the Chancellor of the Exchequer, and so I was able to read out to him Peter's words. And I always think, you know, in honesty, economics can be quite complex and sometimes quite divorced from reality, and having the words of, you know, a restaurateur from the city just putting it directly in brass tacks was really helpful. So, and I knew as well that, that both the TUC, the trade unions and the CBI um, and the FSB on behalf of smaller businesses had been putting the case behind the scenes to the treasury. Yeah. So we kind of knew that the government were in listening mode. So that was good. Um, obviously we've got more to do, but it, it does feel to me both kind of like a big shock that we're having to do this, but also, well, maybe, this is politics working as it should for once. Maybe this is people getting the message through as, as is supposed to happen for once. So maybe, you know, that's one positive we can take from it. Hmm. I think um, the Chancellor is coming out of um, this very challenging situation that we're in very well, I have to say. You know, put your party politics aside. I think he comes across as quite a reassuring character. He seems to have taking the action when he's been asked to take it and necessary action as well. I would expect further announcements around the self-employed this week. Um, compared and contrasted with the Prime Minister, I'm not as sure. And, and again, you know, Ali, people who know downtown well and know me well know my politics, but equally party politics, you put aside at times like this, not to do with Labour, Tory or anything like that. This is to do with getting the right thing done for the country. And, and my frustration, actually, with, with Johnson's performance has, has been that, you know, it's only about a month ago, he was saying to us, we want to develop some sort of herd immunity. So don't worry about going out and catching it, because most of us will be all right. Yeah. And now that's switched to just stay indoors, and, you know, all the advice that I'm guessing he should have been getting a month ago. And I've just been talking to a guy, Ali, who was at the Cheltenham Festival. It just seems astonishing now, doesn't it, that we allowed that four-day festival to go ahead, what, two weeks ago? And now, I know. we're in panic now. Yeah, I think that the Chancellor does look like he's coming out of this quite well in relief against the Prime Minister. I mean, yeah, it will surprise nobody that you and I would have criticism of Boris Johnson. But I would have to say that, obviously, in the general election, clearly there was something in December about his brand of politics mm -hmm. that went down well. But it just goes to show that, actually, politicians are all tested by circumstance. Yes. And this is clearly not a circumstance that suits him. Mm -hmm. um, his instinct is, is to treat life maybe a little lighter than other politicians you know perhaps he doesn't take things quite so seriously but unfortunately you get into a situation like this where there's some big 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 calls to make and it's unclear at all that he's the right person for this job now in the end thankfully we've got i think some scientists at the heart of government who i i think can be trusted and, and respected in the end advisors can only advise and that's why politicians 
you know are, are tested by situations like this because they have to make decisions but i think as a country we would do well to remember that we do have some really serious and top scientists and i think we should put them in the driving seat who'd have thought we'd be listening to experts hey eh? um and the I, experts I, are back and no mistake yeah and i think also you know hats off to the treasury officials who you will know will have had to have worked incredibly hard over the past seven days to put that package of measures together yeah and i you know talking to businesses myself over the past sort of 24 48 hours obviously questions remain you know it we have this is not a policy that's been years in the making where all of the program aspects of it and how it's going to work um have been worked through before it's announced we're not we haven't got the luxury of that situation obviously i've been encouraging people to ring the hmrc helpline and another thing that came out through treasury select committee was just how many people have done that in fact um, but even still you know i'm i think that the treasury have been in listening mode i think they have been trying to not just go with what they would usually do or what they would usually say but to but to think genuinely creatively about how to help so it is, a, it is good that we've got that expertise and it is really important to businesses that they keep talking to politicians, that they keep speaking to their local MP and that they keep people um, appraised of what the situation is in their business so that we can try and have full visibility as much as we can over how things are actually working on the ground. Absolutely. Um, just back to the party politics for a second of an eight and um, although i've not been particularly impressed with uh, mr johnson our prime minister um i have to say this labor leadership contest that uh, our gang are involved in is going on longer than coronation street fact, oh. the other day they'll have found a vaccine before labor elects its new leader um, well what's going on it was it's been it's been unfortunate isn't it because i think that we've always we've always had We've always had debates about lengths of contests. I mean, I can remember, unfortunately, this is my fourth one of these contests now in quick succession. And uh, you always have a debate about the length of them. This couldn't have gone worse at a worse time in terms of the length of the thing. I think everybody's frustrated with it. The only thing that can be said is that, you know, I, I nominated Jess Phillips and I think Lisa Nandy's done done great job to the winner it looks like you know barring a big turn up for the books it looks like Keir Starmer's going to win and and I think he seems to be able to you know bring people together and and also put forward an incisive case um, for Labour at that this time and, and that's really what we need so roll on the 4th of April really. Crackers I have to say um, I'd also have to say it's going to be difficult for Keir to come up with any additional spending promises given what the Chancellor's had to announce over the last seven days? It's just, it's just amazing, isn't it? I mean, you know, we've had a general election in December where, um, you know, Labour's kind of plan for nationalising things and spending massively was, uh, was criticised and yet here we are. I mean, it, it would kind of, if this wasn't such a terribly, terribly serious situation, you know, there's, you, could, you could look at this with a wry smile unfortunately it's for all of the wrong reasons that we're in this position for me we have to do what we've got to do now and being honest i think we should do it on a cross-party basis yeah. for the longer term 
like if it's possible to look beyond this which it's not really at the moment at some point i think we've got to get into some of the more fundamental weaknesses in the economy you know like what was going on in the labor market so that we've got a lot of people in a fragile position you know i think those questions will will at some point be discussed as well and that's where you might see the return to party politics a little bit um when we're thinking about those underlying causes I think it also, you know, and this isn't a criticism of the current government, which is very new, but I think that when people look back at where we've ended up, that whole obsession with austerity starting to look very, very silly now. And I think the yeah. other point I'd make is that, again, this drive towards a small state, well, yeah. it's the state that is now intervening at an industrial level that we haven't seen before, um, that will hopefully save our country. And the idea that you can then have a group of politicians who try and throw that into reverse somehow anytime soon, I I think you're living in cloud cuckoo land if you think that's going to happen. That's right. It just, we just won't be able to, you know, it, the, even past the, the shock of this and even past the kind of worst of this it will take a long time to rebuild and one of the one of the messages that i think we have to press on the government is in the initial period boris johnson and rishi sunak did seem to be saying it will be a recession and we'll bounce back Mm -hmm. as if like you know that's what happens it goes down and then it goes up but it never really works like that there are always long-term consequences of short you know short-term events and and so we have to make sure that in that recovery, that we recover in the right way. Um, that means not going back to disinvestment from public services. It probably means recognizing that a lot of people were working below their skill level and were in, in kind of fragile employment because they couldn't get the job that they wanted to get. And like, I think we've all learned our lesson. You know, if we didn't know before about social care, we know about it now, right? So, so I think that the challenge in the recovery is going to be to make sure that the right things get attention. Um, as I said, we don't need to, you know, no, we don't need to labor that point now. We just need, you know, cross party efforts to get the response right. But in the medium term and the longer term, that's what we need to be thinking about. Absolutely. Now, another impact of course, of this horrible virus has been another love of yours and, uh, and football. And uh, of course your team were very close to clinching its first premier league title. Uh, its first title of uh, any sort for 30 years, I think it, it, it is now. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not basking in the glory of this in any way, shape or form. I'll I mean, English type, world title, we were fine with, but English Yeah, title, yeah, but it's yeah. the English one that matters most and, and it's, it's well. been, it's, it seems to have been snatched away. Um, on a serious note, because I know that you're massively into your football and you take an interest in women's football, but also outside of your club allegiance, you take notice of what's happening across the leagues. So the Premier League, again, I think we'd all suggest will probably be fine. Um, but when you go lower down those levels and, you know, Tramia Rovers clearly were on the up, this is going to be a challenging time for, for them. I'm hoping to speak to their chief executive, Mark Palios, later this week. Um, so before we touch on Liverpool, um, what about the... the the state of of the beautiful game at the moment 
Well, I think we're revealing how important football is to us all, obviously, which we knew. But the thing that I think people didn't necessarily know is how integrated a lot of clubs are into their local community. So whether that's whether that's the businesses that are suffering now because of they're not being football, you know, all of those small businesses around grounds, all of the event companies, you know, that that run hospitality and everything. As you'll know, there's a lot of them about or across a lot of football in the country. And, and they're all they're all impacted. The other thing, I mean, you mentioned Tranmere and, and as and when you interview Mark, do ask him about everything that Tranmere Rovers are doing right now. They have become the kind of mobilizing force for, for people who want to volunteer. You know, they are they've set up a hotline for anybody who needs them. And, to, to get in touch via Tranmere so that we can make sure that people in Wirral are looked after. And they're doing that because they've got the capacity to do it, but they're also doing it because they're trusted in the Wirral. People trust Tranmere. And we've known this for ages with, with Tranmere, that a lot of community efforts, whether that's getting young people back into employment or whether that's dealing with, you know, issues of isolation, social isolation, We've known that Tranmere is like the trusted brand for us, us in the Wirral. So I think we are learning a lot about not just what football offers in terms of the economy, but what football offers in, in terms of the social side of things. There's a very, very interesting um, analysis by uh, Rory Smith of the New York Times about English football and how and what could change coming out of this. Yeah. Because, you know, We've known how fragile the, the economy of football has been for long. You know, we've seen Berry and um, a whole range of other clubs either go under or nearly go under. Yeah. Um, and, and will this kind of crisis force change? We don't know. Coming out of this, could we have a more sustainable approach to the pyramid? We don't know. Um, but I think that people are going to realise where some of the fragilities have been and maybe it'll provide a new impetus to put it right I mean, with regards to the premier league you know yes to a certain extent they are fine financially but actually there's some clubs and even in the premier league that yeah. aren't financially yeah. managed that well yeah so i think that there is a lot of serious questions that they'll be asking themselves as well and i think that you know everybody's going to have a, a, a much clearer eye on sustainability and how you build that in um after this so we'll see you know like football football will come back football will be fine you know it's it it's we'll 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 play all of the games that we should have played and some more after that you know i'm not worried in that sense and you know i know a lot of people kind of upset about it but as a liverpool supporter like i've waited 30 years for this i can wait 31 you know what do you know what i mean it's like, well, then, like Actually, that it, that side of it didn't bother me at all. Like I've I've had I've had nearly a whole season of watching probably the best Liverpool side there has ever been. Mm. Like obviously, I want the cherry on the cake, mm. but it's been a lovely cake. You know, it's, it's <laughs> I'm I'm sanguine about it. Yeah. The, the the more I think the more interesting thing is does this cause us to really look hard at sustainability and the finances of football? I really hope so. Yeah, okay. Very mature way of looking at things, Alison, as always there. I, think, <laughs> I try, mate, I try. And, and listen, you know, as an Evertonian, uh, if they decided at some point to just hand Liverpool the 
Premier League for this season. I don't think many people could object. No, no, no. Again, I think that issue about finishing the season off and all those other difficult intricacies they've got to contend with, my feelings would be more towards the teams that were top of the championship and yeah. those teams who are sort of fighting it out for relegate. You know, those are the issues yeah. that... Yeah. Because Liverpool are what, 25 points clear? No, honestly, Liverpool are the least of anyone's worries, right? Because we have, I think they broadly have to finish the season because of the legal position and all of the rest of it. Mm -hmm. The the issue, I think, is is those that would have been relegated and those that would have been promoted and the impact on them. And then that, that kind of ricochets down the leagues. If you see what I mean, like it's for actually there's there's a big jump between um, League One and the Championship, and so it's those that would have been promoted and relegated in the Championship as well, and making sure that they're financially sustainable through this because there's a lot of fragility um, in in those in those areas, and and we don't want to see any more berries. You know, we don't want to see anyone else tipped into non-viability by this situation absolutely and just you know with my downtown hat on i want to see leeds get promoted and west brom in the midlands because premier league football makes a big difference to economies as we know in our part of the world don't we certainly does so yeah i villa to stay up i have to say that as well my grummy pals who are watching this um ali it's been great to see you i hope you'll join us again over the next couple of months um, so we can get through this thing and and come out uh, position and um and yeah i'll uh when i speak to you next time the labor party might have a new leader hopefully we will all righty take care